0: Nobody talks about this. I feel like there was a little bit more of like a party atmosphere, party vibe on the AT than there was on the PCT. I would absolutely not say that the AT is harder physically than the PCT. People always say you can't rely on water caches. You can't rely on water caches. I'll say you shouldn't rely on them, but on the PCT, you kind of have to in some spots. I feel like the AT has this reputation where there's just like no views and like it just sucks and guys, that's not true. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, I chat with other hiking nerds. Well, actually, uh, that's not gonna happen this week. I'm I'm doing a solo episode. I'm gonna be comparing the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. We're gonna be going through a bunch of different categories, including weather slash climate, views and scenery, Gear differences that you need to be aware of between the two trails, the difficulty both mentally and physically, um, permits, water, resupply, towns, the people on each trail. And finally, at the very end of this episode, I'm going to give my opinion as someone who has basically hiked both of these trails. I'm going to give my opinion on which one I think is better. And so that's what we have in store. I've done these solo episodes a few times, but this is the first one. On video. And so if you're watching this, I really, really appreciate it. And um, if you're listening and watching, you probably could tell by now that I'm kind of sick. My voice is not 100%. I've been just ripping snot out my nose. Like you wouldn't believe. And and I, I tried to clear it. I, hopefully it's okay, but um, just bear with me. Uh, I'm probably going to lose my voice by the end of this too. But I, I don't know. I thought this would be fun. And it's kind of crazy that. I've talked so much about both of these trails in so many different episodes and videos and all this stuff, but I've never done like a direct comparison between them. And so that's what I'm going to do. I don't have any specific things planned out um, other than the categories. And so I'm not going to say this is all inclusive. You know, I might forget one gear difference or I might forget, you know, other stuff like that. So definitely do some more research, but I'm, I'm just going to riff and hopefully this will give you a good idea of what the difference between the, the trails is because and some of the similarities too. We're not going to forget that as well. Um, before I get into that, I just want to say a few things actually, and they're different than the usual plugs, okay? The first thing I want to say is that I'm going to AT Trail Days. And so if you're planning on going to AT Trail Days in Damascus, Virginia, although AT, AT Trail Days, does that sound right? Because AT stands for Appalachian Trail, So that's like saying Appalachian Trail Trail Days. I guess it makes sense. It's better than when people say AT Trail, the Appalachian Trail Trail. Anyways, um, I believe it's May 17th through 19th, I think. Um, Something like that. Look it up. And uh, I'm going to be there. And I think it'd be cool to do like some sort of like Trail Tales listener meetup thing. Nothing official. I'm not going to like have a booth or have like a, I'm not going to like book a, Space for it or anything like that. I'm not cool enough to do that, but I think it'd just be cool for at some point over the weekend just to be like, all right, everybody who wants to come, you know, meet over here or meet at this bar or meet at this spot or whatever, just some sort of like listener meetup. But the thing is, I don't know how many of you are actually going to be there or how many of you actually care. And so, If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment and let me know if this is something you'd be interested in, and let me know if you're planning on going, and or if this would be a reason you would go. If if you're like, I mean, if you're genuinely interested, not like, oh, that sounds cool, and then the time comes around and you're like, well, actually, I live in uh, Hawaii, so I'm not gonna fly to Virginia. If if you're genuinely interested in this, please let me know. Leave a comment if, if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're not watching and you don't have a way to comment, send me a email, trailtailspod at gmail.com if this is something you'd be interested in. You could also send me a message on Instagram at Kyle Hates Hiking. Let me know if you uh if you want to come to the trail that just made my hair way worse. Let me know if you want to come to this uh potential meet I mean I'm gonna be there either way, but whether or not I actually do a meetup is is up for debate. So we'll see. Honestly that's the only thing I needed to plug. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the Appalachian Trail versus the PCT. Um, actually, that's not true. I have another thing to plug, more like a, a thank you. Um, if you've left a five-star review on iTunes or what, or any podcast app, thank you. Um, I've been getting a lot of them lately. I always ask for them, but I feel like I never thank you guys for them. So... I read all of them, and I really, really appreciate them. So thank you if you've done that. Please do so if you haven't. It really helps the show. And thank you to everyone who subscribed. Dude, we're getting pretty good views on these videos, but uh, the subscriber numbers are not there. We don't even have 10K yet, but we're getting sometimes more than 10K views per video. So please go subscribe if you haven't done so. Um, Do it right now. Okay, thank you. Let's talk about the AT versus the PCT. The first category... Uh, we're going to talk about is weather slash climate. Um, and actually, I guess just to back up, most of you are familiar with this. But um, in case this is your first time watching any of my videos or my podcasts, in, in 2018, I threw hiked the entire Appalachian Trail. I'm an East Coaster myself. I'm from Vermont. And um, I did it. And then in 2022, I went out and did most of the PCT and uh, I th- I really think I would have done it all, except for the fact that there was a bunch of fire closures and we started late. It's a long story. You can go listen to some of those those stories on previous episodes. But I did end up going back last year and filled in uh, about half of what I would missed the previous year. So at this point, I actually ran-, ran the numbers the other day. I think it was 91% of the PCT is what I've hiked. And so... I think, that's, I think that's enough that we can say that I'm pretty damn familiar with the PCT. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Um, so that's my background there. I'm very familiar with both these trails. Okay, so weather and climate. Let's start with the AT. You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind on the AT is going to be the rain. You always hear about how much it rains. And uh, it's true. You're going to get rained on a lot more on the AT than you are on the PCT. Um other things in terms of weather and climate you have to worry about with AT. if you're starting early, say February or March or even April potentially, um, you could get some snow at the very beginning while you're down in Georgia or maybe in like the Smokies or something. Probably not, you know, you're in the south, so you're not going to get like dumped on like feet of snow, although maybe freak weather event could happen. But realistically, you know, it's going to be pretty chilly and you're going to get you potentially get some snow at the beginning, just like uh, some dustings, probably not even enough to need like snowshoes or anything. Yeah, definitely not enough to need snowshoes. Um, Although take that with a grain of salt because when I threw hiked, I started May 14th. And so I didn't have to deal with snow. I did have to deal with heat and humidity on the Appalachian Trail though. So that's something to keep in mind too. I mean, again... East Coast, I'm sure a lot of you are, f- are familiar with this, but even up into to the northern states on the East Coast during the summer, while it might not be as hot up there, it's still going to be humid. And so it's going to be humid on your Appalachian Trail Through Hike, no matter where you are, no matter where you start. Um, that's something you're going to have to deal with. And the rain is probably the biggest thing. Um, the rain is going to cause things like mud, which you don't get too much of on the PCT. It's going to be muddy and um, on, on the AT and, you know, just a lot of rain, a lot of humidity. The PCT, and again, it, again, it's just like the AT. It's going to vary based on when you start. Um, if you start... It's, and another thing, actually, I guess that's not really weather. Though. I was going to talk about like snow in the Sierras and stuff, but that's more like... I'll talk about that when I get to gear. Um, but on the PCT, you're going through so much varied terrain. Um, the AT, the train is varied, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but it's definitely more uniform along the entire AT than the um, than the PCT. Because in the PCT, if you go northbound, you're going to start in the desert. And then after 700 miles, you're going to be up at like friggin' 12,000 feet in the Sierras. And it's totally, totally different. Um, you're not going to see as drastic changes like that uh, on the at and with such drastic variations in terrain you're going to get some drastic variations in weather and so starting off in the desert you're going to have a ton of sun exposure and it can be hot especially if you start later again on the pct i also started late i started may 15th on the pct which was silly i shouldn't have done that <laughs> don't do that um and it was hot for me i have heard though and comment below because i I never experienced this. Um, So comment below if you have some experience with this. On the PCT, if you start earlier, even though you're in the desert, I guess it might still get a little hot during the day, but it can be pretty cold too sometimes. And actually, even for my late start date, we had a couple nights in the desert, especially when we were higher in elevation, I guess it makes sense, where, you know, it'd be pretty warm during the day. And then at night, it would get down pretty cold. The temperature swings are pretty drastic. Uh, In the deserts. And then once you get up into like Washington, I mean, Washington has this reputation of it raining all the time, which I guess only parts of the state have that like Seattle, I guess, has that reputation. But I didn't get rained on in Washington at all. I do know that a lot of people do, though. It's probably I'm guessing here. It's probably not as bad as the AT, but I I do know that you can definitely get some rain up in Washington. And, And if you're late enough in the season, uh, you can get some snow too. I, it's not uncommon for those that are finishing up in like September, for instance, to have a dusting of snow. Or, you know when they're right up there by the Canadian border. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, very different trails in terms of weather, and you're going to have to make some gear, some some gear changes, or there's differences in gear to compensate for that. And um, I'll talk about that in just a second. But while we're still kind of on the topic of you know, the differences in the weather and the climate and stuff. A little bit different, though. Let's talk about views and scenery. Um, And we'll go back to the AT first. I feel like the AT has this reputation where there's just like no views and like it just sucks and like you're always in the green tunnel. You can't see anything. And guys, that's not true. That's not true. Um, You're going to get views every single day on the AT. I don't, unless you're only hiking like five miles a day, you're going to get views every day. They might not be the biggest, grandest views you've ever seen. It might just be like a little clearing in the trees, looking out over some some farmland and some rolling hills, but you are going to get plenty of these views. Um, or maybe the view will be a tenth of a mile or whatever off the trail or something like that. But the idea that you're never going to get views on the AT is just totally not true. It's a it's a negative, untrue stereotype about that trail. Um The green tunnel thing is true to a degree. Uh, Well, not to a degree. It is true. I mean, you're in the green forest for most of the trail. But then again, you do come out to these views. In the south, you're going to hike over balds sometimes. So it feels like you're way above treeline and you're totally exposed and you're going to get that every now and again. In the south, I feel like one thing that really stood out to me on the AT was the fact that I hiked through a ton of fields, which I was not used to uh, being from the northeast. Uh, I feel like the trails up there, including the northern part of the AT, doesn't really go through that many farm fields. Maybe a couple in Vermont, but down south, I feel like maybe I'm just remembering them more because I they stood out to me. But there was a number of fields, which were kind of cool. Um, but then like, once you get up into New England and stuff, or actually even further south sometimes sometimes as well, Um, you might still be in green trees, but the trees are different. You might get up higher in elevation. and Now you're in some like spruce trees and pine trees and stuff. And it looks totally different than it does when you're at lower elevation. And so, yes, it is kind of a green tunnel, but there's more variation and more variety than I think people give the AT credit for. And then once you get up into even Vermont and then definitely New Hampshire, um, you're going to get some above tree line hiking, like going through the Franconia Ridge in New Hampshire and the presidentials uh, in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, you're above tree line for long periods of time. And it's very, very different than anything that you've uh, seen up until that point. And then also in Maine, you're going to get this sometimes, including on Katahdin itself. And so the, the variation in terrain is not as much on the AT as it is on the PCT, but it's still there. And I think we need to call that out because people just say it's just a green tunnel. It's it's more than that. And I think that most of you that have hiked the AT would agree. But then again, if you would all agree, then who's saying this stuff? Is it just people that haven't hiked it? I don't know. PCT. Obviously, it's going to be way more varied in terrain than the AT. Like I said earlier, you start in the desert and then 700 miles later, I mean... It changes on a dime. As soon as you get to Kennedy Kennedy Meadows uh, South and you start climbing into the Sierras, I guess it's not a dime, but just over the course of a few miles, you go from solidly desert like you've been hiking through for uh, a long time up to that point. And then a couple miles later, you're way the hell up there. You're in the forest. There's water everywhere. There's probably going to be snow. Um, and it's just a quick, quick change, like a dr- drastic, almost instant change, which I think is really cool. Um, And something that's really special for sure. And then after you get out of the Sierras, you're in Northern California and Northern California feels a lot different than the desert. And it's also different than the Sierras too. Um, And then you get further, further north, you get up into Washington and I haven't, Washington's the part of the PCT I've, I have the most stuff left to finish, but I still have done about half the state and it's totally different up there too. And so just, total drastic changes uh in the terrain and the um the views and the scenery and stuff like that on the pct another thing i'll talk about on the pct is the burn zones i mean talk about changing on a dime you can be walking along um i feel like northern california was the part of the trail where where i really started to notice this because that's where some of like the big big burn zones were. there's probably some in the desert too but the desert's so open that you don't even anyways um walking through Northern California, dude, and you can be walking through this just thriving, lush, green, just beautiful forest one second, and then you walk right up to where the burn stopped, however many years ago this area burnt, and all of a sudden, or however many years ago this area burned, I should say. I think that's the grammatical <laughs> grammatical correct way to say that. Um, let's say that again. So basically... You're walking through this beautiful, amazing, healthy, green, lush forest, and then boom, instantly it changes to a just burnt-out hellscape. And I'm being dramatic, but uh, it does feel like that. And all of a sudden, you're just totally exposed to the sun, and it's dry, it's hot, there's blowdowns everywhere, there's brush growing and the trails kind of overgrown and there's like ash and loose dirt and rocks and it kind of sucks i'm not gonna lie and it changes on in an instant and it's such a bummer because j- right before you entered this burn zone you were walking through what the forest used to look like before it burnt and it's absolutely beautiful and now you're walking through this and you're like damn this sucks and all it took was one fire to just totally ruin this forest and so that's another like huge variation in terrain on the pct is the forest forest not the forest fires but the burn zones and stuff which you're going to hike through lots and unfortunately you're uh you're going to be hiking through even more as time goes on so let's talk about gear all these these uh different conditions you're going to see on the pct different kinds of terrain and stuff you're going to have to have some different gear and let's compare that gear to what you need on the at and so again it's going to vary a little bit depending on when your start date is and also what direction you're going but From my general experience, I feel like your gear can stay a little bit more uniform throughout the Appalachian Trail than maybe it can in the PCT. Because I feel like on the AT, like maybe if you start later like I did, like maybe towards the end, you'll need to pick up some warmer clothing and some warmer gear. But other than that, dude, I mean, you can pretty much start and finish. I'm sure there's tons of people out there on the AT that start and finish with the same general setup, maybe they swap out, they get a new backpack or whatever because their old one broke, but like they're not making like drastic gear changes, like picking up an entire new piece of gear they didn't have before um, or having to, you know, make drastic gear changes on the AT. Um, On the PCT, I do feel like you're gonna be making more drastic gear changes. And so some of the ones that come to mind for me are again, going northbound, you start in the desert, And it's very dry. Another thing we're going to talk about in a little bit here. Uh, It's very dry. And so you need to have a lot of water storage capacity. Now, this is going to vary person to person. I saw a Reddit thread the other day that was like, how much water should I or how much water storage capacity should I have on the PCT starting in the desert? And people were, were like four liters, five liters. For me personally, I carried six liters water capacity on the PCT and I used that six liters multiple times. It wasn't every time I filled up water. It wasn't even most of the time. But it was enough times that like, man, I needed that six liters for sure. That was more than most people, though. Definitely more than most people. Um, I liked to cook hot meals, which on the PCT, especially the time of year I started later when it was pretty hot out, a lot of people were going no stove, no cook, or they were cold soaking. And... I wasn't doing that. So I needed a little bit of extra water for that. Um, I also just sweat a lot and I drink a lot of water. And so uh, I wanted to play it safe and carry six liters. And there was a couple times where I filled up to my max and I ran out. Um, not like I was never in like a dangerous situation, but like by the time I rolled up to camp, I was pretty much out of water. And like, I was very glad that I had those six liters uh, or or that six liter capacity. And yes, it sucks to carry it, but, um, I was glad that I had it, man. So that's a, that's a, okay. Okay. Where I'm going with this anyways, talking about gear changes is once I got to the Sierras, there's plenty of water up there. There's probably too much water for a lot of you. Um, and so once I got to the Sierras, I went down to four liters capacity. If I recall, maybe five, I think I can't remember exactly, but I did go down in capacity because I didn't need to carry those extra bottles. I think I went to five, actually. I had a two-liter water bladder. I had, And then I had four one-liter bottles when I started in the desert. And then when I got to the Sierras, I ditched the four one-liter bottles and I picked up two liter and a half bottles. And honestly, that was probably overkill. I probably could have gotten away with four through the Sierras. But the point is that I made a a gear change. But a lot of people are going to be making even more drastic gear changes in the Sierras. I did not have to do this because I started late, and the and the snow year was relatively low. And so, by the time I got to the Sierras, I did not need an ice axe, ice axe. I did not need. I did not need a, um, I did not. I did not need micro spikes or crampons. Um, I didn't need that like snow traversing gear. But a lot of people do, and in fact, there's some. If you start early, early enough on the PCT, I'm losing it, dude. If you start early enough on the PCT. I'm going to talk a little slower. Um, I mean, there's a good chance you might even need that stuff before the Sierras. Like you could be going through, um, even like the San Jacinto's if you start early enough and need that, that winter snow traversing stuff. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. There's no places on the Appalachian trail where you need to pick up an ice axe or pick up micro spikes or anything like that. Um, J- or any gear equivalent, or any gear as drastic as that. Um, another big, big gear thing on the PCT is that, again, in the Sierras, you need to carry a bear canister. It, you must carry, it's required, it's not like a recommend, recommended thing. Legally, you will get in trouble if you don't carry that thing. And so you have to do that. And so in the Sierras... That thing sucked, dude. I hated carrying that. There are some spots on the Appalachian Trail where if you camp, I believe, you're required to have a bear canister, but they're like short sections so you can kind of just zip through them and you don't have to worry about it. Um, That may be changing in the future because bear problems are a thing on the Appalachian Trail. And I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be surprised if you were required to carry a bear canister for large chunks, if not the entirety of the Appalachian Trail in the future, but we're not there right now. And so... That's something to keep in mind as well. Let me know in the comments if there's any other gear changes, especially on the PCT that I'm forgetting here, because I'm probably forgetting something, but I think that covers, covers the basics of it. So I, th- I believe the next thing on my list, the next difference that we're going to talk about is the difficulty of the trails, both mentally and physically. And so this one, I feel like a lot of the stuff I'm going to... I have said and I'm going to say in this video is relatively objective, you know... It's objectively true. You have to have a bear canister in the Sierras on the PCT. But, but when it comes to difficulty, this one is definitely going to be more subjective. And um, I think I'm going to start by just going through some of the stereotypes that you hear about um, the difficulty between the two trails. I feel like the stereo- the biggest one that you hear is that the PCT is way easier than the AT when it comes to the physical aspect of things like the PCT is graded for pack animals. It's smooth. It's easy. The AT, you're going straight up. You're going straight down. And, um, while those nuances are true, the PCT is mostly graded for pack animals. Although there was a few times on the PCT where I was hiking and I was like, how the fuck is a horse going to get up this shit or a pack animal? Like there was some pretty gnarly stuff. Um, but generally speaking, the PCT was graded for pack animals and, generally speaking, the AT is pretty freaking steep in a lot of spots anyways. <clears throat> so that part is true. Um, but I would absolutely not say that the AT is harder physically than the PCT. I would not say that because while the literal grade of the trail is probably harder on the AT, you're probably doing more like elevation per mile or whatever and the climbs are probably harder on the AT. I think that's fair physically, there's still plenty of challenges on the PCT. For me, the sun exposure was a huge challenge, which you do not really have to worry about very much on the AT. Physically, that makes it very difficult to hike the PCT, even if the grade I'm hiking up isn't quite as bad. Um, You're also probably going to do longer days on the PCT, generally speaking. Um, You know, We were doing 30-mile days fairly regularly on the PCT. That was not happening on the AT. And so... While I guess that could be argued that that's a point in favor of saying the AT is physically harder, I feel like the way that I'm going, the way that I'm, yeah, the way that I'm going here is, um, man, my throat hurts. (laughs) The way that I'm going here is that like you kind of make up for the milder grade on the PCT by doing bigger days. And so at the end of the day, I was definitely just as tired on the PCT as I was on the AT. even if the grade was easier, I'd probably had hiked more miles because of that. And so, yeah, I was I was pretty tired at the end of the day. Um, you're also going to be at elevation during certain parts of the PCT, like in the Sierras again, which physically is very difficult. And of course, you get acclimated, you get used to it a little bit. But like, you know, being up at 10 12,000 feet or whatever is... Not easy, and so that's a physical a physical challenge. How about the snow? Again, something I didn't really have to deal with very much, but for your average PCT thru hiker, you're probably going to have to hike through some snow or some snow melt in the spring or whatever left over from the previous winter, and you might be post holing. You might be having to wear micro spikes hiking on ice. Physically, that's very demanding, and so there's. I think you get my point here. Like, grade versus grade, yeah, the AT is probably more difficult, but I don't think it's fair to say that the AT is physically more difficult than the PCT. And another thing, too, on this point, people make the AT sound like it's just extremely challenging through and through. There's a lot of steep climbs on the AT, a lot of steep descents, a lot of rocky, difficult stuff, but there's also a huge chunk... Nobody talks about this. There's a huge chunk in the middle of the AT from, say... Northern Virginia, all the way up until like Massachusetts, where, with maybe a couple little exceptions in like New York and stuff, but for the most part, n- Northern Virginia all the way to, you know, into New England is flat, dude. You'll you'll do you'll do some climbs every now and again, but like you're doing some pretty cruising miles. That part of the at the Appalachian Trail is not very difficult, with the exception of maybe New York and New Jersey. You're going up and down a little more, but they're not big climbs. Um, I mean a huge this is nobody talks about this dude. like a huge part of the Appalachian Trail is pretty easy. Now the southern part and the northern part especially are pretty difficult. You're doing a lot of climbing and descending. it's pretty tough. but I don't know, I think that's something that um, that needs to be said. Uh, let's talk about mental mental differences. Now, this is probably the most uh, subjective when it comes to talking about difficulty, right? And so, all I can do is speak on my experience. So I'll say for me, the PCT was mentally more challenging, 100%. Um, but this is... It's just going to vary. And so, again, I feel like all I can do is talk about my experience. And so, I'm i am an East Coaster. So on the AT, even though, it, like I said earlier, it is different kind of terrain and scenery down south a little bit compared to what it is up north where I was from, it's still close enough that I felt comfortable... In the environment along the entire Appalachian Trail. On the PCT, that was not the case. I had never hiked in the desert before. The only non-eastern hiking experience I had was like uh, a couple of weeks in Colorado on the collegiate loop. But that was only like, I don't even remember, like less than two weeks, probably like a week and a half or a week or something, like 160 miles I did. And other than that, I had zero experience hiking out west. I had zero experience hiking in like yeah, the desert, dude. So that was, I just didn't feel quite as comfortable. And that's not to say that I didn't like it or that I I hated it or I resented it. it was It was just more like, I was a little bit more on edge. And so it just took a little more mental strength, I think. Also, something I'm going to talk about uh, very soon here, logistics. On the PCT, you're doing longer food carries a lot of the time. And so that was mentally difficult for me. I found it a little bit more difficult to leave town on the PCT because you're going more days in between towns or, or at least more miles in between towns. And so I don't know, that kind of got to me a little bit as well. And then of course, those of you that watched my PCT vlogs in 2022, probably remember some of the, or even listened to some previous episodes of this podcast. It's been talked about plenty. remember that um, Flossie had run into some issues, my hiking partner. And so that played a role and made it more mentally challenging and then the fire closures and that of course and so all those dynamics for me personally the pct was more mentally challenging does not mean it wasn't worth it or doesn't mean that i didn't have a good time or whatever but um it was more mentally challenging the at is still mentally challenging though i mean you're gonna hike two thousand plus miles it's gonna be challenging no matter what let's be honest so the next thing that I'm going to talk about is permits. What are the differences between the two trails when it comes to permits? And uh, there's a lot because you don't need a permit to hike the Appalachian Trail. There are two places where you do need a permit though. The first place is in the Smoky Mountains. And I'm not going to lie, it's been long enough now that I feel like there's a good chance the rules have changed since I went through the Appalachian Trail. And so Leave a comment if you know the exact rules. In 2018, when you went through the Smokies, you needed a permit, but they were not quoted. And so you didn't have to worry about being one of the lucky ones to get it. You just um, went online a couple days before you reached the Smokies. In 2018, it was $20. I don't know how much the permits are now, but not super expensive. You get your permit, it gives you a certain amount of time to get through the Smokies on the Appalachian Trail, and you don't have to reserve individual campsites. You just have to stay on the Appalachian Trail. Um, I imagine it's a pretty similar system right now as well. Then the other place you needed a permit was Shenandoah National Park. Now, I know this has changed since I went through. In 2018, all you had to do was just show up where the trail enters Shenandoah National Park, write your name down on a little slip of paper they had there at the trailhead. And then I think carry that piece of paper with you and then put the other end in the box or whatever. And it was free. It was no quotas, nothing super easy. Took two seconds. I do believe that starting this year, they're changing that. I think you might have to pay a fee to get a permit in Shenandoah. I don't, I imagine it's not quoted though. I'm not exactly sure. Like I said, they're brand new rules. So leave a comment if you know, um, but I, I still, I, from my understanding, I need to look into it more. But I don't think it's like a big deal. It's just like you have to pay or something like that. Now, um, PCT. Actually, actually, hold on. I guess you also technically need a permit in Baxter State Park, where Mount Katahdin is, at the very end of the trail. When when we did it, we just rolled right up there, and then they basically just wrote our names down, and we were good to go. I guess they gave us a little thing. Um, so it's pretty easy in Baxter too. I do know that technically there is a cap for through hiker permits at Baxter State Park, but I don't think that cap has ever been reached. And then after that cap is theoretically reached, then if you're through hiking you basically have to just make a reservation like a normal non-thru-hiker visitor would do. Um, but that cap has never been reached. Maybe it will someday, but... I don't think it's even really come close so far. So basically, you just roll up and um, go talk to the Rangers and they get you taken care of. You might have to reserve a campsite ahead of time if you want to be sure that you'll have a spot to camp if you're camping in Baxter. So that's something to look into, too. Um, To the PCT, obviously, it's very different than the AT. On the PCT, you have to have a... Well, actually, I was going to say you have to have a permit to thru-hike, a long distance permit to through hike. But that's not necessarily true. Basically, my understanding is that the PCT goes through a lot of different areas that require you to have a permit to visit them, whether you're whether you're through hiking or you're just weekend backpacking, anytime you're camping or or even entering sometimes these areas you need a permit. And so in theory, if you wanted to hike the Pacific Crest Trail, you could you know, just do a lot of research and you could get an individual permit for all of these different areas along the trail and you could coordinate all that and you could hike the whole thing. Um, that would be extremely difficult. I'm sure it's been done. Leave a comment if you've done that. I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure it's possible, but it's extremely difficult. And so the PCTA, Pacific Crest Trail Association, blah, 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 in, um, has worked with the, uh, the government in order to make one long distance hiker permit that covers everything on the PCT. And so and so, instead of having to get all these individual permits and all this nonsense, um, you just get that one PCTA issued permit and you're covered for the entire trail. And you need that permit. Uh, because if you get caught hiking through some of these areas without a permit, you're going to definitely get fined and you're going to get in trouble. And it's not going to be good. And it's just a dick move. So um, I could do a whole episode on the PCT permit process. So I, I won't really go into detail. There's plenty of information about that out there. But I mean, that's just a huge difference between the Appalachian Trail and the PCT is that PCT has permits and they're quoted as well. And it's not that difficult to get a permit. So even though they're quoted, you can still get one pretty easily. I really doubt there's anybody, maybe there is, I shouldn't say that, but there's not that many people out there that were like dead set, 100% committed to the PCT, but then couldn't get a permit at all. And so they just couldn't ever hike the trail and they had to give up that dream. That doesn't really happen. Um, There's definitely a lot of people that have to be flexible with their plans and maybe have to take a start date. They're not Thrilled about, which happened to me. Um, but there's not that many people out there that just straight up can't hike because they couldn't get a permit on the PCT. Now, the next thing, water. This one, I already talked. I already talked about this a little bit when I was talking about gear. Um, pretty simple. There's a lot more water on the AT than on the PCT. I could stop it right there on the AT, unless it's exceptionally dry you really don't have to worry about water that much. You're going to be passing water sources every few miles. You're going to be passing water sources that aren't even marked on your map or on far out or whatever. There's a lot of water. Most people are probably only going to carry two liters capacity on the AT and they're probably not even going to fill it up all the way pretty much ever unless they're camping. Um, I carried three liters water capacity. The only time I ever carried three liters it was probably only like two or three times, and that was because I knew I was dry camping, which is very rare on the AT. Tons of water on the AT. You really don't have to worry about it that much. I would even say there's too much water because it's muddy and you get rained on a lot. PCT, it's going to vary a lot more. I feel like on the AT, of course, some parts of the trail are going to be a little bit wetter than other parts, but pretty much the entire AT, you're going to be seeing plenty of water sources. On the PCT, it varies a lot. Through the Sierras, you're probably going to have Plenty of water. Um, Maybe not quite as much as the AT, but you probably won't have to worry about it there. In the desert, obviously, you are going to have to worry about it, and it's going to vary year to year as well. Some sources might be dry one year and then flowing the next year. Um, The desert is so dry that Trail Angels set up very well maintained uh, water caches in strategic points on the PCT. And people always say you can't rely on water caches, you can't rely on water caches which I'll say you shouldn't rely on them. But on the PCC, you kind of have to in some spots. Now, you can't just go in blindly and just expect a water cache to exist or expect it to be full. You do have to research to make sure ahead of time that the water cache is going to be there and there is going to be enough water for you, which is usually just going to be done through far out or gut hook. Um, So you do have to do your due diligence like that. But There are some spots where you have to rely on water caches on the PCT as long as you've researched them. Um, You can even use Facebook for this. I remember there was one time on the PCT where I was doing some planning before I left town and I realized that there was a really long dry stretch and that there was a road crossing in the middle of it. And I suspected that there probably would be a water cache there, but I wasn't sure. I didn't see any comments about it on Far Out. And so I went to Facebook, found a Trail Angels Facebook group for that area. It was near Tehachapi, California. And I asked if there was a water cache there. And sure enough, there was. And there was a huge one there. I don't know why there was no comments about it on Far Out. I think I ended up leaving some comments. Um, And so, yeah. Uh, Northern California, you're going to have more water than the desert, but less water than the Sierras. Same with Oregon. I imagine same with Washington. I feel like Washington, there's a little bit more water, but again, it's going to vary year to year. And so I think the biggest takeaways here are just that the AT is way wetter than the PCT and the PCT, the the water, the amount of water is going to vary much more wildly than on the Appalachian trail. Um, The next thing is going to be resupply. Resupply is, is, it's, it's easier on the AT. I'm just going to say it. Um, I feel like you hear this all the time. You hear like, logistically, the the PCT is easier, but physically, the AT is harder. It's kind of true. So on the Appalachian Trail, pretty much every three or four days, almost with zero exceptions, you're going to come to a road that is well-traveled, and you're going to be able to hitchhike or take a shuttle into town. And this town is not going to be that far away from the trail, maybe a 10 or 15-minute ride, maybe... 20 max and they're going to have a grocery store they're going to have restaurants hotels hostels everything you need and then you can get a ride out the next day and boom super easy um i didn't send a single resupply food package on the appalachian trail and never once did i wish that i had uh it's super super easy plenty of grocery stores um and, and the towns are so well-spaced on the Appalachian Trail. Like I said, every three to four days. The only exception with, with this is in the 100-mile wilderness in Maine, which is at the very end of the trail if you're going northbound. I mean, it's the 100-mile wilderness. There's a 100-mile stretch of trail without a resupply. So for me, I think that was four and a half days instead of three and a half to four like usual. And so I had to carry a little bit more food through there, but that was it. And... Um, It's super easy. The PCT, however, much different. On the PCT, there are... It's so funny. On the AT, there's the 100-mile resupply. On the PCT, there is 100-mile food carries all the time. They're even longer than that uh, very frequently. Um, There's also plenty of ones that are shorter, too. So still on the PCT, I would say the majority of the time, you do not need to worry about sending resupply boxes. The majority of the towns are... Pretty easily accessible, and have grocery stores, and have everything you need. There are a few spots on the PCT where you have to send a resupply box for sure. Um, I mean, you'd probably figure it out somehow, especially if you're in the bubble and there's other people around and extra food and stuff. But like, you really there there are some spots on the PCT where you want to send a box. I've heard Stahican, up in Washington. I haven't made it there yet, but I do know that most people sent a box there. Snoqualmie Pass in Washington, there was a little convenience store there, but it wasn't like a full grocery store there. And so we sent a box there. I'm glad we did. One place that I didn't send a box, but I wish I had was Kennedy Meadows North. There were some little stores there and like a little outfitter. And so we were able to resupply, but it was expensive and... I wish I had sent a box there. So that's another one. And there's other ones. You can go online and there's the halfway anywhere, I think they are, surveys that have like in-depth detail more than I can give you about which places to send boxes on the PCT. Um, so that's a major resupply difference between the two trails is that you You pretty much have to send boxes to a few spots along the PCT. You don't have to on the AT. Um, and of course, this is assuming you have a regular diet if you have special dietary restrictions then maybe you have to send more boxes on the at because you might not be able to find specific you know less common food items in every town but there just are grocery stores and like dollar stores and everything in pretty much every town along the at um i feel like andover maine might have been an exception to that too actually now that i think about it there was like some convenience stores but there wasn't like a Was there an actual grocery... I can't even remember. It's been too long. Um, I just know I didn't send any boxes and I was fine. But the availability or lack thereof of food isn't the only thing that makes logistics and resupply more difficult on the PCT versus the AT. Another thing is on the PCT, you're going to have to take longer rides into town. Again, not always, but there are definitely some longer hitches you have to do. And I feel like on the AT the hitches into town were pretty straightforward almost all the time. It's very rare that you have to take like multiple different roads to get into town. Um, I guess sometimes it happens, but most of the time that was the case. On the PCT, I feel like a lot of the time it might be easy to hitch into town because traffic going by is just going to kind of funnel into that town. But then when you're going back out of town, there's a million different roads that leave town. And so it's kind of hard to get on the right road you might have to take a couple hitches to get back out or take you might have to take a bus or a shuttle or something which there's that happens sometimes um so that's one thing to keep in mind there was also a few times on the pct and this is pretty rare on the at as well where you get to a road crossing on the pct and there's like two or three sometimes more towns that you can access from that road and so you kind of have to pick which one the the one that comes to mind. First, I believe, is Walker Pass at the very end of the desert. Or was it Sonora Pass? No, I think it was Walker Pass in the desert. No, it was Walker. Yeah. Where um, there was like four different towns that I could have gone into. There was like Lake Isabella, Ridgecrest, which is where we ended up going. And there was a few other ones. And it's like, you can go this way and you can get to two towns or you can go this way. And then there's a fork and you can go. And it was just like super complicated. And again... In these scenarios, it's very easy to hitch into town, or maybe not very easy, but it's easy to get into one of those towns, but it's harder to get back out because it's not as much of a straight shot. That's one thing to keep in mind. And then another thing too is I feel like there was more spots on the PCT where you try to get a ride, but there wasn't that much traffic. And so hitching was a little bit harder. Maybe you had to rely on shuttles a little bit more. The one that comes to mind on the AT that was like this was actually Andover, going back to Andover, Maine. I remember there, we did end up getting a ride eventually, but it took a couple hours and we kind of got lucky because a a shuttle bringing hikers back just happened to show up and take us, even though we hadn't called them. On the PCT, that's far more common where you get to a road crossing and you you really ought to plan ahead and uh, book a shuttle or something to come pick you up. And you'd probably still be fine. You'd probably get something eventually, but it's just going to be a lot more inconvenient. And Far Out will have all this information. So if you're stressed out about knowing which ones, and I don't want to get surprised, if you just pay attention to Far Out comments when you're out there, you'll you'll know ahead of time and you'll be able to, to figure it out. Or, or just from talking to other hikers too, you'll be able to figure it out. Um, so overall, and actually one last big thing about resupply um, on the PCT, which... There's nothing like this on the AT. The resupply in the Sierras is difficult. Dude, it's freaking difficult. Um, I remember shortly before I got to the Sierras, I was looking ahead at the map and looking ahead at Far Out and just trying to get an idea of how resupply was going to work in the Sierras. And I was sitting there. I was in Ridgecrest, actually, the last town before Kennedy Meadows South. And I was like fucking blown away. I was like, (sighs) I'm... you're so used to just getting to a road crossing, hitching into town, boom, you get there, you get out. It's easy. In the Sierras, especially the first part, if you're going northbound, you have to... I mean, it's just so remote. It's so far out there, dude. You have to like... So the way that we did it anyways is we hiked like five days between... Um, and I guess it included Mount Whitney, so we could have cut a day off this, but we you hike like five days between... Kennedy Meadows South, and um, Kearsarge Pass. Finally, you get to this intersection, but it's not a road crossing. Like, normally you'd get there, that's the road, boom, you hitch into town. Here, you get to an intersection, a trail intersection, and then we had to follow a trail seven and a half miles off the PCT, a, a side trail, not the PCT, seven and a half miles off the PCT, up and over Kearsarge Pass, a fucking tall, very difficult, very amazing and beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I'm sounding very ungrateful. But um, it kind of sucks to have to hike that far off the trail just to get to a trailhead. Not a road crossing with lots of traffic, not a town, just a trailhead. And then from that trailhead, we had to, which I believe, what was it called? Uh, I don't remember. Someone comment. Then um, from that trailhead, we had to schmooze a day hiker, essentially, to give us a ride down the mountain. And then we got to a highway and then from that highway, we had to either go left into Bishop North or South right into Lone Pine because there wasn't really much at the intersection there. And so it was just so convoluted. I remember I was researching this before we got there and I was like, I cannot believe we're going to have to do this just to resupply because you get kind of spoiled, especially on the AT. You just get to the road, put your thumb out. You're in town half an hour later, but, um, here it was like so convoluted and then on the way out because we're purists or we tried to be anyways um we had to hike that seven and a half miles back and so we end up doing like 15 additional miles just to be able to resupply in this one spot super crazy um i'm gonna talk about towns the difference the differences between towns a little bit on the two trails and Overall, the they're going to be pretty similar. You know, they're trail towns. The people in these towns are going to be used to hikers coming through. And um, honestly, the biggest difference that I think of when it comes to towns is that the AT just has a lot more hostels. And they're, I mean, that's pretty much it. There there are some on the PCT. Like, I know there's one in Lone Pine. I know there's one in Bishop. Um, I'm sure there's more that I'm just not thinking of. But it's far less common for PCT thru-hikers to stay at hostels than it is for... On, on the AT, almost every single town is going to have a AT-specific hostel. On the PCT, almost none of the towns are going to have them. There's still lodging options, um, but not that many have them. I feel like on the PCT, a lot more towns have camping options in town, although those do exist on the AT as well. And so... I've already talked about how far away towns are on the PCT compared to the AT. I think that covers most of the differences that come to mind when it comes to towns. And so the next category is going to be people. Overall, hikers are amazing people. um, And so you're going to meet lots of amazing people on the Appalachian Trail. You're going to meet lots of amazing people on the PCT. I think the only difference that comes to mind for me when it comes to the other types of people that you're going to be seeing on these trails, or actually I can think of two. Um, the first one, and again, this is, this is definitely a more subjective one. This is based on my experience. I feel like on the Appalachian trail, I saw more day hikers and I saw more section hikers and weekend hikers than I did on the PCT. Um, in the Sierras on the PCT, I did see a lot of section hikers and and day, maybe not day hikers, section hikers and weekend hikers and JMT hikers for that matter. Um, But on most of the rest of the PCT, at least the parts that I did, 90%, 95% even of the other hikers I was seeing were PCT thru-hikers. On the Appalachian Trail, that was not the case. I saw plenty of AT thru-hikers, but also a lot of just weekend hikers, or maybe they're out for a week or two weeks, or they're even day hiking, because the AT, generally speaking, is a lot more accessible from towns, and there's more side trails, and it's less mileage to get up to some of these viewpoints and stuff. And so you're going to see plenty of day hikers on the AT, um, definitely more than I saw on the PCT. So that's a big people difference, something to keep in mind. And then more talking about thru-hikers specifically. The only thing, and this is purely me, I feel like there was a little bit more of like a party atmosphere, party vibe on the AT than there was on the PCT. Um, on the, You're still going to get that on the PCT, but just because the food carries are longer... I feel like you saw less of that on trail on the PCT than I did on the AT. Because again, the AT is so accessible and the resupply is so easy and the towns are so close together that like I just feel like it's easier on the AT for people to kind of like hike in a 12 pack and like post up and kind of party versus on the PCT that's kind of hard to do when you're in the middle of the desert and it's really hot and you have to carry four to six liters of water anyways. Um, I just feel like that just... The the nature of the PCT kind of limits that on trail. Off trail, when you're in town and stuff, you're still going to get people partying on on both trails for sure. So with that said, the last thing that I'm going to cover in this episode here, I'm not supposed to tell you it's the end. That's a bad YouTube trick. Don't do that. You're not supposed to. No, I need your retention. My experience, which trail is better in my opinion? And this is obviously subjective. You're going to meet, you talk to 100 people that have done both trails, 50 of them will tell you that they liked the PCT better and 50 of them will tell you that they liked the AT better. There's no real answer to this. So this is just my my experience Um, because I don't think I've ever actually explicitly said this before. Maybe I have, but I don't think I've ever made a point to say it. Maybe I've answered. Anyways, Um, my AT experience was better and it's really not even close. I hate to say it. And the reason is because... There's a bunch of different reasons. As I mentioned earlier, I'm an East Coaster. That's where I feel comfortable. And so the AT just felt like home for me. And the PCT, I very much felt like a visitor the entire time that I was out there. Um, I did not love the desert on the PCT. I think my experience would have been much better if I had been smarter and started early. And so I'm not going to totally discount the desert and I will go back and do more desert hiking. But um, with my late start date, since we're talking about my experience with my late start date, it was hot in the desert. The water carriers were really rough. Um, I felt like a lot of the desert, which you can definitely say this about the AT, but I felt like a lot of the desert kind of just looked the same and it was just dry and kind of barren. And there are some really cool spots in the desert for sure too. Like the San Jacintos were really cool. Um, and there's other spots too. But like overall, I felt like the desert was very monotonous. And at least on the AT, the green tunnel is also kind of monotonous, but like that's, that's my home, man. Like that's my monotonous trail versus the desert. I, I just, I didn't really love the desert too much. The Sierras were awesome on the PCT. Zero complaints about that other than the long food carries, but like, for all the bullshit that happened on my PCT hike in 2022, the Sierras were amazing. We caught the Sierras at the perfect time. No snow issues. Beautiful Sierras were awesome, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, uh, you know, after the Sierras, eventually Flossie started to have some issues that we've talked about. Go listen to my episode with Flossie if you're not up to date with that, and go watch the the PCT vlogs from 2022. And that was tough because Flossie and I were best friends and we had hiked everything together up to that point. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to blame this on him or anything at all, but just the whole situation with him was tricky and that put a damper on the hike for all of us for sure. Also the fire closures, um, having to dodge fires, having to skip sections. Again, I've done entire episodes on this, but like, that put a huge damper on it too. Maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe we should have had a different perspective. I think there's an argument to be made there for sure. But regardless of whether or not that was dumb or smart of us, it was dumb. Um, Regardless of that, that is what happened. It put a damper on our hike. And also, ultimately, that's what ended up making us not finish. (laughs) And so... And then I went back the next year and I still couldn't finish because there was more fires in the same spots, which I should have started earlier last year. And I guess I should... I'm only talking about the negativities of the PCT. Um, Of course, there were some hardships on the AT as well. Uh, My late start date meant that I was hiking through the heat and humidity in the south, which sucked. It was very difficult for me. But overall, dude, like... I just look back at the AT more positively than the PCT. There are some really positive moments on the PCT, like for sure. Don't get me wrong. But um, overall, I liked the AT better, but that's just me. If you're... Sometimes people will ask me like which trail that they should do first. Like, should I start with the AT or should I start with the PCT? And my... here's, Here's the answer I always give them. You should do whatever you want, first of all, and don't put that much stock into my answer. I always start with that. But... If, you're really, if you really want an answer, you really want something to go off of, I usually tell people that if you're from the East Coast, then start with the AT. If you're from the West Coast, then start with the PCT. Reason being, you'll be a little bit closer to home for your first one. And so if anything goes wrong or you need to get off trail because you're not as experienced or anything, you'll be a little closer to home. So that helps. Although if you're from Maine and you're starting in Georgia, it's not that much closer to home than it is if you're starting in San Diego. But... You get my point. Um, and, and, and kind of going back to what I said earlier about being comfortable with the AT and the terrain and stuff, I think there's something to be said there too. Uh, you're just hiking and terrain you're a little bit more comfortable with. So that's the answer I give. But it doesn't really matter. Just If you feel slightly more strongly, slightly more strongly, I need to end this podcast, dude. If you feel more strongly, even slightly, about one trail over the other, just go with that regardless of where you live. That's my answer. Guys, thank you so much for everyone who watches these videos, dude. Thank you so much for everybody who listens. And one more time, leave a comment or send me a message or email about AT Trail Days 2024. It's going to be freaking lit, dude. Let me know if you're going to be going and if you'd be interested in a meetup and subscribe to the Trail Tales YouTube, dude. We're getting a lot of views on these videos and I'm super grateful for that, but um, not that many people are subscribing. And so hit that subscribe button, please. I know the vast majority of you are not subscribed. And um, also, let me know how you like this solo episode. I'm still going to do plenty of interviews, but if you guys do like these solo style episodes, I'd be happy to do more of these as well. It honestly makes it easier for me. They're fun for me. It's a little different. So let me know what you think. And um, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. I have the best audience out of any podcast. I'm so grateful. And I hope I can meet you at Trail Day. So thank you guys.